from Television City in Hollywood. Here we are, folks. The penultimate episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast 2019 year in review. We're dealing with yet another road trip this time, gang. However, it was a trip to New York City with my French meetup group. This was one of my favorite episodes I recorded the whole year. And I'm glad that you'll be able to get to hear it. So here it is, intact, along with recollections of Easter time, for your listening and dancing pleasure. Enjoy. And by the way, Holiday Shit Fest Part 2, soon in coming. Forgot to mention that the last time out. Anyway, here's episode 75. Enjoy. From Television City in Hollywood. Hey, man! Welcome to episode number 75 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullet. The man of the hour, woo, too sweet to be sour, Jack. And I'm coming to you from the green and rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York, once again, where finally, at long last, spring is in the air, and aren't we pleased? I had me an action-packed couple of weeks here between Easter celebrations and my trip to New York. We'll get into all that in just a bit. But first, let me give you my social media plugs. You can follow me on Twitter at 518 underscore bull. Instagram is at Jason underscore 51838. He said rather haltingly. And of course, there's the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page. That's where you'll find episodes on the social medias. I'll occasionally put them on my civilian Twitter. I should probably get a separate account going for the podcast itself. A couple of quick shout-outs to start here. First off, I want to give a shout to a person I was wanting to get on the podcast when I started, and that was Brandon Polcare. He is back among the ranks of Bellator and mixed martial arts. In fact, so much so, he's featured on the card at this event at Madison Square Garden in New York City on June 14th. That should be a real hoot. Looking forward to that. I don't know if there's any way I can be able to watch that, but I'll certainly be on that like uh, you-know-what. And also, they didn't ask me about it, but I do want to give a shout-out to the relatives of the Bullet family who are of my generation. They first became aware that I did a podcast. I know there's friends of mine who said, well, why don't you tell members of your immediate family that you're doing something like this? I probably should, but I fear I'm going to get some kind of reaction. I'll have to answer all sorts of questions. Well, isn't that how it's supposed to work? Kind of the whole point? Well, I think so. Well, stop telling yourself. Go ahead and do it. All right, me. So on that discordant note, I would like to shout out my cousin Andrea, her husband Dave, and my cousin Annie as well. The third of my uncle says children did not make it. He and his kids went over to another place, not a home, but a public place to have an Easter brunch. That's as best as I can put it. I'm sorry about it, folks. It's about quarter to 10 o'clock in the morning here on the 23rd of April, 2019. I certainly hope all of you had a great Easter. If you're of the Mosaic Persuasion, I hope you're continuing to have a great and happy and blessed Passover. Easter is one and done for us Gentiles. But the Seder still continues on, I think, till about later this week as I record this. So hopefully all is well for you in that regard. I mentioned my relatives just moments ago as they were the first people in my family, either immediate or extended, that became aware that I did a podcast. I started this podcast two years ago now. This is the unofficial 
second year anniversary of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. Congratulations to me. We're starting year number three, which is hard to believe me saying that. This podcast, for those of you who don't know, was started sometime after my mom passed away. I needed that kind of release to be a sounding board to people. And my mom really filled that void and then some, filled that need, I should say. And that was gone when she fell into ill health and ultimately she passed away. It's been good with the podcast for the most part. I've had some forgettable episodes, but I've really had a good time doing this. How I found the energy to keep going, I'll never know. But anyway, thanks for your support the last two years. I'm ready to start year number three. And it's been a busy couple of weeks to end the last year of podcasting. I've had a lot going. I met up with these same relatives and others on Easter Sunday. Now, I didn't do very much for Easter weekend, especially Saturday. I have to tell you this. I may have told you this before, but bear with me if I've told you already. Probably have some new listeners come in wondering, what the heck is this going on about? Well, I'm about to tell you. Spill the beans. My dad has been saying, that sound you hear is me doing laundry. As I interrupted myself, that was the washer. Anyway, my dad has been seeing this female companion, let's just call her that. She's a nice person, a woman named Nancy. And more often than not, he goes to visit her and stays over late in the week and all through the weekend. Doesn't come back till sometime late Sunday. So I'm just left to my own devices to take care of the house, take care of Otis the Wonder Dog who's sitting up beside me in the pileup just resting in the sofa. So I'm left to take care of him. I'm left to clean the house and, you know, prepare meals and, you know, just take care of the house overall. And while it's been good, there have been some pretty lonely moments. My sister at dinner Saturday night said, why don't you have friends over? I'm like, okay, I'm up for it. I'll certainly be hip to that. So I did see some friends of mine on the day before Easter. So I wasn't completely a hermit. I went to Saratoga, just tramped around town the afternoon before Easter, stopped by Anne Marie Guglielmo's business for a little uh, liquor sampling. That was it. Wish her happy Easter. That was it. I later texted her as such the next day. Did some shopping, and that was it, really. Actually, I went and saw family later on that evening. I went over to my sister's house for a dinner of pizza, and then my sister sent me to a nearby supermarket, whose name shall go unmentioned, because we had to get some 11th hour provisions to bring over to our hosts. Namely, two tubs of Cool Whip, light flavored, my preference, and two cans of Ready Whip. I got those, and then the next morning, right around 11 a.m., so I was able to watch CBS Sunday Morning in full, after being preempted the previous week on that whole deal. So about 11 o'clock, my sister and her husband, and my nephew by extension, even though he's nowhere near old enough to drive just yet, Picked me up at the driveway of Bullet House, and off we went to my Uncle Sid and Aunt Patty's house in North Adams, Massachusetts. We were literally the first to arrive. Aunt Patty was in the kitchen, as could be expected, and Uncle Sid was just watching TV in the living room. So hung out there, we chatted, then my dad and Nancy arrived, and then most of the rest of the Miss Pucha, that's the extended family, arrived in due course. Had a great meal, ham, lasagna, had some green beans. Looks like they melted some Parmesan cheese on there. That was pretty good. There was this new dish I tried out called pineapple stuffing, which my brother-in-law did not partake. He does not like pineapple. I had some of that. It was pretty decent. It was like bread pudding, but their little take on it. They're me, Uncle Sid and Aunt Patty. More the latter. 
Pronouns, pal. Well, we let our belly settle for a little bit. Hunter was playing with some of my cousin's foster kids, at least those who were his age. And then dessert was out. Oh, they really went into it with the dessert, let me tell you. Had like five different pies, or four different really, cheesecake, which my sister got from this bakery in Clifton Park. That was some good stuff. Took some stuff home. I got the ham. I got some au gratin potatoes, some lasagna, and even some sugar cookies that my sister had made. My sister and husband took care of all the rest. So that was Easter Sunday, and about sometime after 7 o'clock, Dad came home. So it was a nice, peaceful Easter when I wasn't involved with the family. So there you go. That was my Easter weekend in a nutshell. Now, absent the tease, I'm going to tell you about another big event that had happened the weekend before, on Palm Sunday weekend. And this was my day trip to New York City. And I'm going to recall some past trips to the Big Apple in this episode. So to set up the latest jaunt into Gotham, we provide you a little traveling music. Maestro? Now, before I get into the story proper, I have to give you a little background as to how my participation in this trip took place. I have not been to New York in quite a while. I've been there a few times, either for day trips or getting away for the weekend. I'm just my chair here. My first trip to New York that I can remember was back in 1993. I've told this story a bit in the baseball episode I recorded last summer. Go back in the archives and have a listen to that. When I was 10 years old, the summer of 4th grade, my dad and I went to Yankee Stadium. The old one, not the new one. This was years before that. On this particular occasion, Reggie Jackson was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame and the Yankees honored him by retiring his number 44. So how about that? My first Major League Baseball game and Jersey Retirement Ceremony to boot. From what I can remember, this is the Yankees before Derek Jeter, before Jorge Posada, before the core four, like Mariano Rivera. Bernie Williams was already on the team. Paul O'Neill was already on the team. The core of the Yankees dynasty in the late 90s, early 2000s was slowly coming into shape. But we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves here. I remember the day well. It was the 14th of August, 1993, and the Yankees opponents on that day were the Baltimore Orioles. And also of note, the Albany Colony Yankees were the double-A affiliate in the Eastern League of this very same team, and we were very proud to be affiliated with them. Heck, we sent Derek Jeter and them. I mean, Derek Jeter, the following season, was a cup of coffee in 94 before he made his way to the big leagues, ultimately. Don Mattingly was still on the team. Paul O'Neill, as I mentioned, was still on the team that he had just signed. Came over in a trade from Cincinnati. We had guys like Mike Gallego, Randy Velarde, Danny Tarnable, Donnie Baseball, Donald Arthur Manningly was still in the team. And how's this for history? If I had gone to Yankee Stadium three weeks later, Dan and I would have celebrated Labor Day weekend 
by witnessing Jim Abbott's no-hitter. This is a pitcher who was born essentially with one hand due to some birth defect. Just missed out. But hey, we got to see Reggie Jackson's number 44 retired. Mr. October getting the dab from George Steinbrenner and company. Well, according to BaseballReference.com, on this particular day, the 14th of August, it was a 4-2 win over the Orioles. Paul Ossenmacher, there's a name for you. He got the win while Steve Farr, the Yankees' last closer not named Mariano Rivera for many years, got the save. 52,598 people were in attendance, of whom me, my dad, and this weirdo who sat next to me who offered me a peanut that looked almost like Murray Lender of Lender's Bagels were but a few. Of course, the Yankees gave away these posters to commemorate Reggie Jackson's induction into the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. And I can remember, even now, some of the fans had taken those posters, turned them into paper airplanes, and flown them into the outfield. This was also notable as it was the first time, and the only time to my recollection, that my dad actually paid for tickets by way of a scalper. He was so dedicated to making sure his son got to see his first Major League Baseball game, he went down that route. <laughs> there you go right there. Anything to make sure your son's happy. I also remember on the way back, we got home pretty late, but on the way back, we went to dinner at the Slotesburg rest area. We stopped there. We went to the Sbarro. It was the first time I ever had baked ziti. That's probably the first time I ever had Sbarro, period. That's the New York metropolitan area for you. But by no means would this be my last trip to Gotham. In 1999, my mom, God rest her soul, and whose death was the basis for why I started this podcast in the first place, served as a chaperone on this little day trip to New York City. It was members of the Saratoga Springs High School band, orchestra, and choraliers. Not everybody en masse, but a select few went to New York City to go see the Wednesday matinee of Footloose, the musical, which was on Broadway at the time. We did a little mucking about New York City first before we assembled at the Richard Rogers Theater. And I remember it was my first ever visit to FAO Schwartz, the toy store that closed some time ago, only to reopen again, rising again like the mighty phoenix. Now, you may recall the 1987 Tom Hanks movie, Big, where they have this giant keyboard on the floor. You step on it, it makes a note, and you can just run around on it and just make music or whatever you call music on it. I did not partake, but I just saw it. I just remember that scene from that movie so well. Also of note, there was this orange-haired figure who was going by. They were stopping for autographs, and one of the people in our group did just that and got the brush off. That man is now our president. Well, he's not my opinion, but there you go right there. I won't mention his name. But I'm pretty sure you do, okay? Yeah, but I'm still not going to mention it. My trips to the Big Apple continued when I was a student at college. Three of the four years I was a student during the spring semester at Castleton University, formerly Castleton State College at the time, I went to New York City. The first trip I did was rather poignant. It came in April of 2002, and this was just mere months after the 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center. I can remember visiting Ground Zero. 
and seeing the site where the Twin Towers once stood. There's like this beautiful memorial now to the 9-11 attacks on that site all these years later. But I remember when they were still trying to dig out bodies from the attacks all those months later. And I remember there was this piece of plywood. There's like all around the site, all these pieces of plywood. And you could like write messages of hope on there. And one of them I wrote was from a Catholic hymnal. I said, we remember, we celebrate, we believe. Just sign my name and that was it. Walk off shot, mic drop. Now, when we did these trips, we stayed at different spots depending on the group. And we had some reasonable accommodations. We didn't have a lot of money in the budget to stay at any like fancy hotels like the Marriott Marquis, Midtown Manhattan. How's that for alliteration? But I do remember the first place I stayed at my first trip, and that was the Seafarers International House on East 15th Street in Irving Place. One block away from what's considered Lower Manhattan, you know, Greenwich Village, East Village, that whole place. Got to see the Garibaldi statue, the Washington Avenue Arch. Now, the Saturday after we got there, we went to a Broadway show, too. We had enough money in the budget to afford that. I went to see Noises Off when it was on Broadway. Had the revival at the Brooks Atkinson Theater with Long Island native Patti LuPone and, of course, Peter Gallagher, who later went on to fame in the Fox teen drama The O.C. in the cast. That was a really funny show. I really enjoyed that. Of course, Noises Off later came up in my mythology years later. When I went to audition to be part of the play, I was auditioning as a volunteer with limited acting experience. Safe to say that I didn't make the cast. I didn't make the cut, as it were. But I got to see it for free as I was volunteering at the time. Also, I remember going through Central Park. It didn't rain, but I did hear thunder as we were walking through Central Park. Got to see Strawberry Fields, the memorial to John Lennon, which is right across from the Dakota where... He and Yoko Ono were living when John Lennon got shot back in December of 1980. And what a sad event that was for Beatles fans the world over. Certainly an influential figure in the peace movement and also music as well. Popular music with the Beatles. And doing his own solo career after that band broke up in the early 70s. There's also one story where you have to be careful when you're in New York City. Always stay in packs. I did on this trip in I mean, I was sitting there at the 23rd Street Station like 2019, but let's go back 17 years back to this story. We're getting ahead of ourselves here. We're all assembled at the 14th Street Union Square Station, and we're going to get on the 6th train, and one of the people who's accompanying us on the trip, one of the grown-ups, let's say, or older people, not that old, said, all right, we're going to all get off at the 77th Street Station. We're riding the 6th all the way uptown. So I'm with the group, I'm on my best behave, not that I was doing anything bad. Now everybody's piling into the subway car once it arrives and all of a sudden I'm about to get on, the doors close immediately and everybody takes off. And here I am waiting for the next train all like, Come on man, what are we doing out there man? Well eventually the day was saved, we all reassembled at Grand Central Station and then we got back on the 6th train, made it up to 77th Street, and there ended that little tale. That's as close as I've ever gotten to being completely lost in Manhattan, but it all worked out for the best. Now i got to give you a little more information on the Seafarers International House place. 
According to their website, the Seafarers International House is the Lutheran response to the urgent needs of vulnerable seafarers and immigrants. And in the current presidency that we've had, they've really taken the initiative on the latter. We stayed at the guest house, which I thought was some great accommodations. So they're helping out all these people who, you know, they don't really make New York their home, but they're helping out in the shipping industry. In fact, when we checked out on Sunday morning, there was a, a church service going on. At least I could hear that there was a church service going on. I just peeked into the little chapel that they have. And if you want to donate to help their mission, I'll certainly throw the link up on the show notes for their website where you can give money to help them in their mission for helping the more vulnerable of the international community. Now, I was 19 years old when I made this trip to New York with the Summer Transition Program. And in my opinion, it was a time of reinvention. Here I'm in college, I'm wrapping up freshman year. This is a time to remake myself. I certainly did that by going to a coffee shop with the group and ordering a cappuccino for the first time ever. I also remember wanting to get something that was like FDNY, NYPD. One of those caps. So we're on Fulton Street. I'm walking to the South Street Seaport. And I wind up getting one of these caps. It was like New York Yankees at FDNY, NYPD. Like, you know what? Three worlds collide. How much you want for it? Five bucks. There you go. <laughs> Knock off goods sold on the sidewalks of the streets of New York would eventually become a thing with me during that time. So what if it was counterfeit or rather suspect? I was saving money on it. You can't get the bargain anywhere else. Oh, to be young and dumb again. And of course, I got to go back to the trip back in 99. A classmate of mine who was a year behind me, he was a freshman. I was a sophomore at the time. He was on the rowing team at Saratoga Springs High School. He bought a pair of knockoff Oakley sunglasses for 10 bucks. Oh, man, I tell you. Well, back to my college days. After the first visit freshman year, it would not be until my junior year in the spring of 2004 that I would make my way back to the Big Apple. Only this time, it was with the Phi Eta Sigma National Freshman Honor Society. This was also my second stay in a hostel as I stayed one the year before with the Summer Transition Program Step Center in Boston. Hostiling International. I remember it was on Hemingway Street, but we're talking New York, not Boston. This was memorable as I got to share a room with about five or six other people. And we were at this hostel on Amsterdam Avenue between West 103rd and West 104th Streets. I don't recall much of what we did, but we did a lot of walking around. I took a lot of pictures. I got to see the marquee of the Ed Sullivan Theater on the Sunday morning. That's where they did the late show with David Letterman. Now it's the late show with Stephen Colbert. Times Square. There's a rhyme for you. I don't think we went into lower Manhattan. It was just no real rhyme or reason. We just walked around and saw what there was to see. And then I got to give the shout to the Spanish club. That was my final trip as a college student was to New York. We stayed at another hostel, but this one was called Jazz on the Park. This hostel was just a stone's throw away or virtually a hop skip and a jump away from where we stayed on West 106th Street, right near an entrance to Central Park. And I remember going through Central Park, and it was not the best of days to be out. It was kind of rainy and cruddy. 
there was some kind of charity race. I think it may have been for breast cancer. We're not sure, but we crossed the finish line as though we were in the race. We joined it towards the end. We took some of the, you know, gift packs that were given to the runners. And that's where we had lunch. I think we had lunch right inside the Museo del Barrio nearby. Also on the Saturday, we wound up near NYU. So back to lower Manhattan, thus closes the circle in some form or fashion. And we went into this place called the Cinema Village. I don't know if it's still there anymore. So much has changed in New York and many would say not for the better. But that's a whole other story for another time. And we went and saw this movie called Torre Molino 73. Now the basic premise of this movie, for those of you who haven't seen it, and that takes many of you in, there's this guy who is an encyclopedia salesman in Spain. And he's not doing very well with selling these encyclopedias. You know, salesmen just get the doors slammed in their faces and whatnot. No thanks, no gracias. And money's getting a little tight. So somehow he winds up getting this Super 8 camera. And he and his wife say, hey, you know what? Let's shoot these, uh, shall we say, risque films. And he winds up having a success with it. So much so they go to this place called Torre Molinos, from which this film's title is derived. And they wind up tag teaming with a bunch of Danish people. Hilarity ensues. What a great time we had. Also, remember going to see this little street festival nearby, the NYU campus. Went in many of the stores. And then in the evening... We saw this show at the now-closed restaurant in Jackson Heights. This was my first ever visit to Queens, called the Maison Asturias. In fact, we were right near the tri-point between the neighborhoods of Jackson Heights, Elmhurst, and Corona. And we had ourselves a heck of a time. And then we ended up in the Bronx, so it was full circle for many years to come. End up at this restaurant. I forgot what the name was. There's also, I'm looking at on my Facebook page, there's also me taking a picture of one of the students and one of my compadres on this trip taking a picture too. I was trying to get some last bits of immaturity out of my system before I went into the real world as I would be graduating two weeks later. Well, with that long rambling setup aside, we take it now back to 2019, just a week and a half ago. I got up extra early for this trip. Left at about, let's say, quarter to seven, but it looks like more ten to seven. I didn't have to wait long for the bus outside the parking lot of Dick's Sporting Goods at Latham Farms, 7.15. The bus picked us up, made another stop at Crossgates Commons 15 minutes later, and then it was straight down to the city. Well, actually... We had to pick up a family of three in Catskill, and then it was straight shot to the city. We didn't stop at any rest areas. It was just straight down to the city. We went through New Jersey. I thought we were going to go right into the heart of the city. We wouldn't be staying in New York, but no, we went through New Jersey. On the trip down, we went the Garden State Parkway. I don't know what kind of GPS system or what kind of app the bus driver was using, but for the trip over, it took us down the Garden State Parkway, then partially went on to Interstate 8. I'm like, we're going through Patterson, New Jersey. But it was all for the best because we were going right through the Lincoln Tunnel. I remember going past MetLife Stadium. That's where the Giants and the Jets play. NFL Draft is Thursday and Friday, just so you know. Jason Sports Court, I'm coming. I won't be talking NFL Draft. But anyway, we go in inbound through the Lincoln Tunnel. And the thing about New York City, we arrive on the other side 
Traffic is always going to be busy in New York City. Even on weekends, it's never not going to be crammy, jammy, crawly, stally, guacamole, that whole bit. Meanwhile, as we were on route to New York City, headed towards the Lincoln Tunnel, the person who was our guy said, oh, we made a mistake with the, the start time for the Trolls experience. I forgot to tell you, I buried the lead. We did not charter a bus. We actually shared a bus with people who were going to see two other Broadway shows, one of which was called My Way, a musical tribute to Frank Sinatra. I knew there was some kind of connection to Old Blue Eyes, but my internet research really found that out for me. And the second one was this hit play, hit musical called Be More Chill, which was based off a novel of the same name that came out 15 years ago. And I don't know how to explain it. I've heard about it. But it's at the Lyceum Theater. Or Lyceum Theater, I should say. Hello. Me feel great, you know. Anyway, they drop us off at the Trolls Experience on West 57th Street. And we walk to Central Park. I mean, we were near the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. And that's where we decide we're going to call up an Uber to take us to the first destination. Well, we went looking for this Uber, and we had to be careful now because there you've known this story about the student at the University of South Carolina who got attacked and unfortunately was murdered by her Uber driver. So Uber and Lyft have been taking these security measures and letting passengers know, all right, make sure this is the right car, make sure this is the right driver. Everything's all square and on the level and like that. Well, we confirmed that we had the right driver and thus the right car. He was waiting for us near the Ritz-Carlton Central Park location on West 59th Street and 6th Avenue. And we went up West 59th Street, went uptown past Columbus Circle. With Congress, not Congress, Central Park, hello. That's mistake number two. Anywho, it's, we went right past the Time Warner Center. Boo. Through the corporate infrastructure. Any it's we went right past a number of buildings, number of these little fancy apartment buildings. We went past the Dakota, which I've mentioned earlier. Strawberry Fields was nearby. That's where John and Yoko were living. The American Museum of National History. And then we cut through Central Park at the 79th Street Transverse. Now, I've already talked about how bad traffic can be in New York City. Well, let me tell you about this Uber driver we had. Once we got on the 79th Street Transverse, he just opened her up, boy. <laughs> Hold on to your hats. Yikes. He must have done 60 miles an hour, because once you get open road in New York City, you just let her go flat, throttle down, boom. Pedal to the fucking metal. Pardon my language, please. Well, after some heart-wrenching moments later, not for lack of health, the Uber driver gives us a little chance to collect ourselves mentally and lets us off at the 79th Street Transverse and 5th Avenue. We're on the east side of Manhattan, the upper east side that is. And big shout to Adam Parada because when he lived in New York City, he was in that neighborhood. Well, he let us off near this bookstore called Albertine, which is housed in the back of the French Embassy. Now, as this is a diplomatic mission, we had to go through a metal detector. I made it through the second path. Like, I got my house keys in here, so I, all right, you just go ahead, even though it went, eh, eh, flash red, like, step back, sir. Had to, you know, take off my satchel, had to take off my quarter zip, my New York Yankees quarter zip. By the way, the Yankees won that day. Aaron Judge with a home run, shut out the White Sox 4 nothing. 
but that's all by the by. So the guy let me through even though I had so much metal in my pocket, I set off the metal detector. Hey, you just go on through. You're no threat. So we wound up making our way to this bookstore in the back of the building. Upstairs is like foreign diplomats, and I was underdressed for the building. So it's a great bookshop, Albertine. And you can get all these books in French. Some of them are in English. And there's a very small Venn diagram where you can get books in both French and English, like translation of plays. I remember looking through a French and English script for Oscar Wilde's play, The Importance of Being Earnest. Well, it's very hard to choose. You think I have a tough time sometimes at Northshire Bookstore up in Saratoga? Doubly so here at Albertine. Well, after some fiddling, faddling, and him messing around and seeing kids play upstairs, that's where all the kids' books were, much like Northshire Bookstore, I actually settled on what could be described as a graphic novel, or at least the earliest form thereof. And I got the first ever book by a Belgian author named Hergé called The Adventures of Tintin in the Country of the Soviets. Now the plot of these adventures, it's Tintin, who's a reporter for this journal called Le Petit Vingtième, and he's been sent to go do a story in Russia. And all the shenanigans and hijinks that he and his dog somehow get into while in Bolshevik Russia. This is the early days of communist Russia, the Soviet Union, Lenin, Stalin, that whole bit. Lev Trotsky too. And I think the dog gets increasingly agitated like the lengths that Tintin goes to try and get him out of these jams. You're like, really, bud? Come on, man. Quit clowning around. Again, Brian Arakpo would have said, Come on, man. What are we doing out there, man? But not to spoil it, it all worked out and he got a hero's welcome on his return to Brussels. I remember reading that a few times on the trip, waiting in Bryant Park and on the bus ride home before it got too dark. But we'll get to all that later on. That was the only means of non-walking transportation, that Uber, when we had all the time we were in New York City. We wouldn't get on anything with four wheels till we got back on the bus early that evening. So from there, we hoofed it from Albertine. I can remember hoofing, I think we hoofed it down Fifth Avenue. And the next thing you know, we stopped in a few shops there. And we were going past Lenox Hill Hospital. And stopped in a shop or two. And I think we also stopped in a church. It was Palm Sunday weekend, believe it or not. I believe the church was called the, the Church of Jean-Baptiste. I don't know off the top of my head right now. We're, next thing you know, we're on 3rd Avenue. Actually, we went to 2nd Avenue. I'm trying to remember this as best I can. It was like a week and a half ago. Yeah, it feels like it may well have been a heck longer than that. So we stopped in this church for a little bit. Took my hat off. Shut my cell phone off. This little church on East 76th Street. And Lexington Avenue. And then we decided to stop for lunch at this great restaurant. called little bistro called Jean-Claude II. Or Jean-Claude Deux. On 2nd Avenue, right on the intersection, or near the intersection, of 2nd Avenue and East 71st Street. I looked at the menu, and I was kind of restricted as to what I could have. I'm like, I'm not a big fan of eating eggs like scrambled poached. Yet, I eat stuff with eggs in them. I just won't eat eggs as they are, you know. Crack them in the side of the pan, fry them up in a skillet. You know, like omelets, you know, scrambled eggs, sunny side up, one thing or another like that. 
So I was kind of limited as to what I knew I could enjoy. But after some hemming and hawing, I sell on this sandwich called the Croque Monsieur. Which basically is like two slices of bread. You have cheese in it. You get some ham. And then they melt the cheese on the crown of the sandwich. That's the topmost slice, don't you know? Well, I'll tell you what, it was really good. Sure racked up the sodium, but God damn it if that wasn't a good sandwich. It only cost like $14, $15, which is, wasn't too bad as New York City restaurants go. Now, with these meetups, usually when I go to a meetup, like it's cribbage night or anything of that nature or anything else I do with this French meetup group, Usually the rule is you fend for yourself with paying for meals or whatever, you know, entertainment, one thing. You pay your own way. This, just like the fantasy basketball gathering I did with my brother-in-law in my Yahoo Sports Fantasy Basketball League the first weekend of March Madness several weeks earlier, this is where one person would pay, but everybody had to throw in. I threw in about 20 bucks, so that covered the cost of the meal, the taxes, and also the tip as well. I think we tipped about 20%, so I was covered in that regard. Anyway, we did some more walking down 2nd Avenue. Got to see the Roosevelt Island Tramway near the 59th Street Bridge. Made the right turn. Went past Dylan's Candy Bar, which was one of the stops that my sister, husband, and nephew, well, my sister, her husband, my nephew, let's get that straight. They went to one of the Dylan's Candy Bar locations, and I thought, oh, wait, this is Dylan's Candy Bar. So I took him a picture and sent a text to my brother-in-law and my sister. Got a little text chain going. And he said, hey, you remember this place? And my brother-in-law texted back, it would be good if you ran in and got like sour cherry Coke bottles. I meant that as a bit of a joke. I thought he was kind of pulling my rip. Now, as somebody with high-functioning autism, I thought it was a joke. I didn't know he was serious until we were all gathered at my Uncle Sid and Aunt Patty's house on Easter Sunday, and he was overhearing this story. I thought he was cracking a joke. I just held the I just held the thing there where you know he said go run and get those sour cherry coke bottles and I just put ha ha I thought ah I thought he was making a joke but I was with the group. We got to Dylan's candy bar. We didn't stop in, but we were on our way to the French Institute Alliance Francaise, New York chapter. It was free admission to get in. And we decided to stop at the library. Now, it was getting about mid-afternoon, and Saturdays, the library closed at 3 o'clock. I had just gotten this big reference book from the shelf off the library. I was having a little look at it, and the librarian said, The library will be closing in five minutes. So, like, oh, darn it. I barely had a chance to really dig into this. I have to go put it back on the shelf. And we decided that was a time for us to get out of there. So we repaired back downstairs, and there was this little art gallery. There wasn't very much, but I remember waiting for the group to get settled and so we could go and just walk around what we are going to do for the rest of the trip until we got back on the bus. I swear there was like some kind of dance party going on. I could hear like Peter Gabriel like Shock the Monkey or Sledgehammer or something like that. I'm like, is there some kind of dance party going on nearby? Got a day party going. But anyway, we had our last stop of the whole trip, and we wound up not really going anywhere towards the bus. So we just kind of milled about Manhattan, went to Rockefeller Center, got to see the inside of the studio where they do the Today Show, the window on the world. Somehow they still had the ice rink, but it was not getting much use as it was about 
mid-70s out. And what a beautiful day it was. Now, again, someone with mild to high-functioning autism slash Asperger's syndrome, as it was once called, I saw this street vendor, and he had like this Soviet propaganda collection, all these posters from Russia. And I got a little too absorbed in it, and I looked at the guy who was leading the truck, like, hey, come on over here, man, we're gone, we don't want to lose you, bud. And I said, sorry about that, I apologize for almost unintentionally leaving the group. Any who's a little be, so saw Rockefeller Center, we went past, oh, I forgot, before we got to Rockefeller Center, I have to note that we hung out a bit at Central Park South, near Grand Army Plaza in Manhattan, not to be confused with the one in Brooklyn. I'm glad we didn't go to Brooklyn because of the measles outbreak over there. So we were about near the Pulitzer Fountain. Near West 59th Street, so that one, we wound up going down 5th Avenue, so we went past Trump Tower. There I am again. Yes, you are, bud. And then, for a little bit, we went into St. Patrick's Cathedral, the second church we hit up, on Palm Sunday weekend, no less. Thankfully, there was not a mass going on, but the church was packed to the brim. There were some visitors. Went past the NBA offices, by the way. Now, I went to the, not the main gift shop for the cathedral, but rather there's this annex of a gift shop off to the east. Like, as you go in, you go past the security checkpoint, you go to the east of the pews, and you go right down the aisle with the altar. There's this little annex of a gift shop. The main one's nearby, stone throw away. I believe it's on 50th Street, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, I have the bag in my room. Anyway, I can't reference it right now. We're really going all over the place. I apologize if this is a bit scattershot. But I decided to get something. Only $2. I thought it was more expensive. I got this little disc that you could put in your car, and it was St. Christopher. St. Christopher is the patron saint of travelers. And, in fact, my confirmation name was Christopher. I have a St. Christopher's medal in the jewel box in my room here at Bullet House. I've worn that every time I've gone on a road trip, or like whether it was going away for the weekend or leaving for the day, like this trip was. Well, we had a little nice time at St. Patrick Cathedral. Then we did Rockefeller Center. Then we walked down 6th Avenue, or Avenue of the Americas, went past uh, News Corporation's headquarters, Fox News, etc., etc. And then a number of us were looking to go to the bathroom before we got back on the bus. We were all supposed to meet up at Bryant Park. They are going to pick us up near Bryant Park, the 42nd Street entrance of the New York Library. Well, here's the one time of the entire trip that we wound up having to fend for ourselves for meals. Some people were getting something close to dinner here. But before we do that, I had to go to the bathroom, and a number of us did too. We went into the Whole Foods Market. We had to go upstairs to the upper level of this giant Whole Foods. And let me tell you something. It was the longest line for a unisex bathroom that I have ever seen in my life. There was a group of people from Mayfield High School. I didn't ask if they were like Mayfield, New York, Fulton County. I'm like, wow, we're not the only ones from the 518 visiting New York City today. How about that? But anywho's, it's we went in there. This attendant told us to hurry up. He wanted to get off his shift and come back to Queens, get on the subway and head home. 
So we quickly did our business and that was it. We all went to Bryant Park. Then I went to Chipotle. I said, well, I don't know what we're going to do for dinner. I said, all right, well, you better get it quick because the bus is going to come before very much long. So I decided to go to this Chipotle on West 41st Street. This was a unique Chipotle. You had to go upstairs to order your food. If you wanted to eat in, there were some tables downstairs. It wasn't very big. This wasn't like in the Burbs. So I had one of those bowls. I forgot what I had exactly. I decided to order it to go. There were two other people in line ahead of me. And it was a bit of a confusing scene. But I got my dinner. And as I was out the door, I was already out the door. I get accosted, if there is such a word. I apologize for using that word. I say that for want of a better term. I was face to face almost with some guy who said I just got out of prison. He was putting some kind of play on me to, you know, give him some money. He wanted to get back to his home. He didn't want to go back to jail. Give him some kind of sob story of that nature. So in order to get him off my tail, I just gave him a dollar. I said, it's not much, but I hope it helps. Now, whether you have autism, Asperger's syndrome, or you're neurotypical, a little piece of advice from your Uncle Jason. Try your level best when confronted in New York City by a panhandler. Try to brush him off as quick as you can. But if he's really putting the bite on you for some cash, give him what little you have. It may not be much, but you'll get him off your back. You may feel guilty about it, but you've helped somebody. Well, after stuffing my face full of Chipotle, we wound up going to 42nd Street and waiting for our bus. And in the rather long wait that occurred, I remember seeing two employees from a nearby Chick-fil-A going by. I think they were getting pulled by a truck, or I don't know what their means of transportation was. One guy might have been on a three-wheeler, for all I know. They were just going by advertising Chick-fil-A. I'm like, only in New York. I hope everything goes well if they stay safe out there, trying to make an honest living. Well, the bus, thanks to the traffic, arrived sometime past the 6.15 departure. And as we were heading home to the capital region, going through the streets of Manhattan, we went past the Grand Central Terminal. And as I was going past all these businesses and all these apartments, wondering how these people could live here, either through accommodations or affordability of same, I could just look in and see all these buildings. People were still at work. I could look up an apartment. Somebody was cooking dinner up in the kitchen and just seeing this city coming out to play. Some people were still at work. I saw a couple of delivery men on their bikes. One was talking to another. They were, I think one was ending their shift. Another was starting. Maybe like Postmates or something like that. And it was quite the scene. Then we went back to the Holland Tunnel. Came out near the Jacob Javits Convention Center. New York Comic Con headquarters. Went the other way of the Lincoln Tunnel. Went a different route. Used the New Jersey Turnpike this time. Went home via Route 17 and 287. Got back on the throughway at exit 15. Again, no stops. At rest areas, we were just going to make the, drop people off in Catskill, then Crossgates Commons, and my turn at Latham Farms came at some time past 10. And I didn't get home till about sometime after 10.30. And that's when my long day's journey in tonight ended. Went to bed after a shower to kind of cool myself off. And that was it. What a memorable trip it was. First trip to Manhattan in almost a decade and a half.
Well, speaking of long journeys, that's going to be this episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast over and done with for another two weeks or however long it is. I've been communicating with Derek Pedrick if you want to move on here to the next episode. Hopefully I'll get him in before too long. That'll be the next episode. Can't guarantee anything, so don't quote me on it. But just the same, thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks for taking the ride with me through time into Manhattan. I so appreciate it. I never take the audience for granted. When you get a second, get on to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, five-star rating, good write-up. You can also listen to this podcast on Spotify. No, we, oh, we're not on Spotify anymore. Whoops. I also went through time myself on that one. Well, you can no longer listen to this podcast on Spotify, but I'm still available on Podbean, on SoundCloud, on the TuneIn app, or the podcast of your choosing, Himalaya included. So once again, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you on the next one. The song you're listening to right now will not be featured, unfortunately, in the Franklin Alley Social Club Indie Jukebox Takeover on June 13th. It's Scared Straight by The Long Winter. Have a listen to that on the way out. Once again, thanks for listening. All best to you and yours. I'll talk to you again soon. And as always, and above all else, Wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. Enjoy it. Sit, boo boo, sit. Good dog. <laughs> Serving New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut. You're watching Channel 9. WWOR TV.